playing the best mix of 80s new wave classics with your host, Emily Kirsch. This is The Morning Wave at CMRU Radio. CMRU.ca, by students, for you. Hello, radio listeners. My name is Emily. I'm a first-year broadcasting student here at MRU, and I am the host of The Morning Wave, a show where I take you on the journey of rediscovering classics and lost favorites of the 80s new wave music genre. When I think of 80s music, and just the 80s in general, there's obviously a lot to take in. But in terms of music, you had 80s rock, post-punk, new wave, punk disco, electronic, there was so much that came and was released from this era. And in a lot of ways, each genre is very distinctive and definitive of their own sound and production. However, they're also loosely defined too. There is a little bit of discrepancy between one or the other, especially with punk and new wave. New wave came in the late 70s, early 80s as a result from punk. And both punk and new wave were rebellious and wanted to distinguish themselves and stand out. Punk aimed to return to a simpler, pure rock sound, and new wave incorporated elements of other genres like disco and electronic. But over the course of the show, I wanted to get a better grasp of what new wave actually meant, both in terms of music production and how it was defined lyrically. And I think my friend Jan puts it pretty well. Um, 80s new wave? I would describe it as the punks found guitar pedals. Because, yeah, like you said, it was basically born off of the punk movement. And uh, it kind of kept the musical ethics of uh, the punk with the simple guitar parts and the driving beats and all that, but just added a bit of glisten, glistening over it with synths and pop instrumentation and even uh, strings to some extent. So, yeah, it's just... The punks finally learned how to play music. <laughs> you can never really tell like when punk became post-punk and when post-punk became new wave. It's hard to tell. So usually uh, I define it by the bands and the time period around them. Like when you think punk, you think like Clash and Sex Pistols and Ramones and all that. And then Clash were kind of the first to go into new wave with London Calling. Or yeah, like around 1979. And then in post-punk, you kind of got like Joy Division and Television and all those cats. And they were kind of like coming from like you know, the gloomy kind of side of, gloomier side of punk. And then, and that was around like 1977. So they kind of like, it's weird. There was no this, then that, then that. Like they all kind of for- morphed into their own ways. And it was a natural progression. So a lot of those bands, what made them great is that they couldn't just sit around playing three chord songs the whole time. And that was the ethos of punk for the most part. So they just expanded their musical vocabulary and synths were becoming a big thing. So that just kind of merged into that new wave sound with, you know, all the punks keeping their attitude, but uh, expand, expanding their tool set in a way. Yeah. So would you say that there's anything that directly defined the sound? of New Wave, either lyrically or in terms of the music production? Yeah, I think, well, New Wave was, um, it's strange. It's 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 hard to define orally, but at the same time, it's still very iconic and one of the most iconic sounds. Um, and I'd say if there are a few things I, I'd 
go to to define it is you know there's really compressed guitars like you think Talking Heads with um, the rhythm section of the guitars is really bright and chimey and really funky in a way because um, that's what New Wave was also all about was taking more influences from other genres like world music especially with the Talking Heads with um, taking more from funk music and even like um, beats from Africa and all that and then I think percussion wise the defining new wave sound to me or at least there's two percussion sounds is those overblown uh, gate reverb drums that became what you synonymize the 80s with you know the sound with the snare drums that you just uh, eventually became pretty grating um, and then also like I just think about Stephen Morris from New Order um, who used to be Joy Division that band and the 16th notes on the hi-hats just really bright trebly sounds that's what I think of about New Wave and of course the synths that was kind of their character too yeah it was just pretty new I guess now like I mentioned before New Wave incorporated elements of other genres like disco or electronic so in some ways it could be hard to define what New Wave was but I think a few artists such as the Talking Heads Duran Duran um Depeche Mode, New Order, Devo, Joy Division, all did such a good job of defining New Wave. And I asked Jan again what he found were his top New Wave artists or records that he believed to embody or take on New Wave the most. And here's what he said. Fear of Music, Talking Heads. Um... This is the one right before Remain in Light. I think that was a huge definer of that new wave sound. I uh, see quintessential new wave. I think Armed Forces by Elvis Costello, 1979, basically on the cusp. It's that album right right beside you. You guys can't see it, but she can. Um, and 1979, right on the cusp of that transitionary period where punk was turning and post-punk were turning into new wave. And you can hear that in songs like Oliver's Army, and uh, um, what's so bad, what's so funny about peace, love, and understanding. You can really hear like a, he's a very transitionary um, sound with his vocals and all those synths layered on top. Uh, Japan, Tin Drum, um, not as widely known as like your your big new wave acts, but I just listened to. Tin Drum was something else. Uh, I listened to that like three years ago, and that was unlike I've ever heard before. They had like Eastern melodies over top, like these crazy, almost bongo like metallic drums. And the singer just sounds and looks like David Bowie, and I couldn't get it out of my head. Um, and uh, <laughs> maybe it'd be disingenuous to call uh, a David Bowie album New Wave, but it did kind of. It helped um, kind of a lot of the punks listen to it. And um, there's even this quote they made back then. There's there's New Wave and then there's David Bowie. Um, and David Bowie never associated himself with the New Wave movement, but that album is pretty New Wave to me. Power Corruption and Lies. Um, if you have anything to do with music, listen to it. You better, because uh, that's one of the one of my greatest, the, one of the greatest albums I've listened to, and that is Quintessential New Wave as well. That's 1983, so yeah. 
As with new wave music, new wave and punk fashion was experimental, distinctive, and eccentric, and I wanted to take some time during my shows to explore that. I think anyone can name some iconic moment from the 80s, just in terms of the appearance of it. I think the one that I think about the most is just David Byrne in that big suit, just dancing around and waving all about. That was probably the, the fashion moment. But, you know, when you look at it, New Wave was having a fashion moment every second gig or two. Like, those cats were pretty bright. Um, but not all of them. New Order, you look like you could run into them at your local grocer and gro- uh, grocery and you wouldn't even know it was them. But some, uh, oh yeah, like Talking Heads, um, Japan, Blondie, they had this uh, very hard-edged style. And I really, I really dug it. It's like the 60s, but bigger. (laughs) Are there any fashion trends or pieces that you think should make a comeback? Yeah, the big suit. I'll bring that back. I like the big suit. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'll bring that. Now, it was mentioned that the fashion kind of changed from gig to gig with each of the acts and the bands back in the 80s. But I also found that it was very prominent and showcased a lot in music videos especially with the rise of mtv now when i think of music videos the first song that comes to mind is video killed the radio star by the bugles now not only is it super catchy but the song helped illustrate how this genre transcended music and helped make a major influence on video and fashion of the time the title video killed the radio star is meant to be taken quite literally It highlights the transition of digital media, the increased popularity of television as a form of information and entertainment ultimately killed the radio industry. Yes, I know radio is still prominent today and we are doing a radio show, but you know what I mean. People are drawn to visuals and so it makes sense that music videos became so popular and still are to this day. And not to mention that the video for the song was the first ever to play on MTV. This was the start of something big. You can even say it's one element that helped make this genre so popular. Memorable for its imagery, which includes exploding televisions, the video aired twice during the channel's first 24 hours. This music video is pretty cool, with its futuristic styled costumes and visuals. The video also featured a young Hans Zimmer, briefly seen as the keyboardist for the video. And there's so many iconic videos that came from this era. Many songs I'm playing on this show are included, but another music video that I would say is pretty neat would have to be the music video for I Ran by Flock of Seagulls. The video, as I mentioned, shows lead singer Mike Score in a room covered from floor to ceiling with aluminum foil and also floor to ceiling mirrors in which you can see the reflection of the cameras. Now, in last week's episode, I brought up the fact the video, or sorry, the budget for the video was only $25, which seemed kind of hard to believe. So I did some digging and found it was actually much higher, which makes sense. The video cost just about 5,000 pounds to make, which is equivalent to about $8,000 Canadian nowadays, but it gave a huge return. I think you should definitely go check it out. Have you seen the music video for Love Shack? This is another good one. And yes, I know I've said that a lot on this show already, but I really mean it. This one in particular looks like it was so much fun to film. Everyone's dancing around, having a good time in really cool outfits, and they're on a cool set. 
I always think about how fun it would be to live in the 80s. The Take On Me music video also did something really cool. It's a mix between like a black and white comic realm and the reality of life as we see it. The video shows a love story of a young girl and the lead singer of the band being chased by the bad guys from a comic strip. If you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend you do. It was something super unique and showed a cool, almost stop-motion animation. What are your thoughts on the music videos? They're nuts, and I love them. Like, this is, they're the start of that MTV craze, right? And all those music videos, at least all of them have some weird, bad quality about them. Like some weird, really cheesy editing or something. Or just a wacky concept, but I love them. Like music videos, couldn't handle themselves back in the '80s. Like they just went for anything and everything that could happen. I think like, I think um, like the, uh, the Ashes to Ashes David Bowie music video, the frame goes all all pink and he's dressed as Pietro the Clown and he's walking with some nuns and there's a construction bulldozer driving behind them on a beach. Uh, that's yeah, it's pretty nuts, and I like that. Uh, I think even like Elvis Costello with Oliver's Army, they're just dressed up in suits and they're playing on this beach, and it just screams 80s to me. I don't know why. It's just so pink, in my memory at least. And then, of course, you know, um, Once in a Lifetime, which is, I think, the new wave music video. If you got to watch one, you just need to watch David Byrne freak out and break every bone in his body. I think that was great. It was just, yeah. It was strange. Like, <laughs> new wave is, um, you know, being the '80s is just taking the last people that could dance and making them dance. You know, teaching people that can't dance how to dance, and they still can't. Yet they look good doing it. Don't get me wrong; the music is genuinely amazing and can hold its own. But I think a lot of people are drawn to visuals. And the 80s was truly great for visuals, not just the memorable and iconic fashion of the era, but the band's personas and acts helped them be so great. I'm one to love music videos, and they were art in and of themselves because they were crazy and unique and so creative. And they made the songs and bands and the genre just so appealing. I've had such a good time listening to all of these new wave tracks and artists, but I've also had just as much fun discovering all the music videos to some of these classic hits. I Ran by Flock of Seagulls, Karma Chameleon, and Love Shack are some of my favorites, to name a few. Yeah, people love a visual medium in association with their music. You know, it, it, gets, it catches the eye, and it's easier to catch the eye than the, the ear most of the time with most people and um, I think that was the biggest success and maybe even failing if you were going to look at it from a different point of view of New Wave is that they found a way to commercialize themselves very effectively and you know not I guess um, brand themselves to people make themselves be seen because yeah that was the start of the music video age and no genre made better use of it I think than them um just because of how uh, wild they took it and how far they pushed it. I think it was great, yeah. Many colorful acts like the Human League, Culture Club, Madness, Eurythmics, the Go-Go's, Till Tuesday, I could name so many, got such success from their music videos rotating on MTV. Till Tuesday got an MTV Music Video Award for Best New Artist with their song Voices Carry. Madness 
got popularity in the US with their MTV music video, Our House. And even the Go-Go's got their start with Our Lips Are Sealed. And it was MTV that really broke the song because many radio stations were reluctant to put an all-girl group on the air. So I think that has a lot to say about how music videos can carry such power in creating or boosting the success of a genre or even just an act or an artist. The song If You Leave by Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark was featured in the final scene of the John Hughes-directed movie Pretty in Pink, and OMD wrote it specifically for the film. Unfortunately, the original song they wrote didn't fit after they changed the whole ending of the film, so OMD had to rewrite and produce the song in just two days. And that's how If You Leave happened. The song had to match the tempo of Don't You Forget About Me, which is the track they actually shot the prom scene to. I think the film I mentioned, Pretty in Pink, is such a nice classic. Pretty in Pink is a heartwarming and mostly truthful movie with some nice touches of humor. The movie was written and directed by John Hughes, who repeats the basic situation similar to Sixteen Candles when this boy and this girl who are obviously intended for one another finally get together. Yes, it's a cliche and yes, it's predictable, but I suppose that there must be a reason why certain old stories never seem to die. I think the movie, the songs, If You Leave and Don't You, all make this movie so good. And the fact that If You Leave was written specifically for this movie makes it that much better. The closing scene in Pretty in Pink where If You Leave is played is probably my favorite scene of the movie, the part where the guy finally gets the girl or vice versa. The song is a perfect match for such a sweet moment, but overall, I love the film and the cliche is worth the watch. Um, overall, kind of thinking about New Wave, is there anything that you you would kind of either say to define it or anything that you would kind of just tell the listeners about what's so great about 80s New Wave? Um, You've touched on a, quite a few things. Yeah, but I think if you're listening to this right now and you've listened to all of this and you still don't want to listen to New Wave, then I can't help you and you're a lost cause. But for the rest of you, which I hope is a majority, I hope you're putting on an album right now, whether it be Remain in Light or, you know, Parallel Lines or anything, and just listen to it, because I think it is one of the most important sounds in the 20th century and uh, one of the most far-reaching, at least, approaches to music and attitudes. And, (laughs) yeah, just listen to it. I don't know what to tell you. It's catchy. It's fun. Over the course of this show, I have learned so much about 80s New Wave and have also found sort of an appreciation for the genre. It was something that played every once in a while growing up, but it was always just the nameable classics. And although I did play a lot of those on the show, I found some less notable ones as well, and I also discovered so much that I didn't know about the 80s, and I guess 80s New Wave. But overall, I think this genre is so unique and fun and found a way to transcend time and the music space, creating iconic tracks and creative moments that made history. I think I got lucky when I was given this genre to then build my show. Although I wasn't a listener of New Wave, I think it offers something for everyone when it comes to both the music itself or even all the creativity that stems from the genre in the music videos, the fashion, and the personas or embodiments of each of the acts. 
I don't know. I wouldn't say I'm one to speak when it comes to music, but like I said, this show opened my eyes to the era and to New Wave, and New Wave has a way of creating something that anyone can enjoy, and I'm glad we got to spend our Monday mornings jamming to some of the classics. And with that, it is sadly time to sign off the last show of The Morning Wave. It was really fun. Whether you joined me for all the shows or managed to listen to a little here and there, I appreciate you being here with me. I want to send a huge thank you to Jan Sennon for chatting with me about New Wave. If you listeners want a slight change of pace, be sure to check his music out on Spotify or Apple Music, Instagram, and YouTube. I'm pretty sure it's all just Jan Sennon, but check him out. He's got some great stuff. I also wanted to extend a thank you to Truman and Nikos again from my previous shows. All three of you guys helped make the show so great. But this is it for me for the year. I will be back in no time, I'm sure. My name is Emily and you were listening to The Morning Wave. Until next time, take care.